I've been deployed to a number of places, you know, in the military since that conversion where there were no Orthodox services available. And so I, can, I continue to attend Catholic Mass. Um, and the Catholic Church does allow for this under canon law. And so when I was in Afghanistan, the uh, U.S. Army priest on my base told me that I was both Catholic and Orthodox. And he said that the ancient rift between the East and the West had been healed within me. This time on Come Receive the Light, the story of a dedicated life, an amazing testimony, and a fascinating call. I would say, really, in my personal opinion, it is, to me, a spiritually pure belief that links me directly back to the earliest form of Christianity. But it is not archaic. It is alive and vibrant today as it was when the first church was formed. How would you answer the question, what does your faith mean to you? We should always be ready, as Scripture says, to give a reason for the hope that is within us. Welcome again to uh, Come Receive the Light. This is a broadcast outreach of the Orthodox Christian Network. And if you're new to the program, welcome. You can find us on a regular basis on the website, myocn.net. Just click on the Listen button. And we're a nonprofit outreach. Perhaps the Lord may lead you at some point to join with us financially. Become a partner with us in that way. You can learn more about how that can happen when you click on the Donate button again on the homepage at myocn.net. Our host is the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology in Brookline, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And he's caught up with our guest today via Skype in his office. General Norvell Kutz, whom we'll refer to in this interview as Van, has served in the United States Army for more than 30 years. In his last assignment, he was the commanding general of the U.S. Army's Europe Regional Medical Command and the command surgeon for the U.S. Army Europe. He was also the senior U.S. medical diplomat in Europe for NATO and has the rank of brigadier general. He arrived in Kisano, I believe I pronounced that correct, to find thousands of institutionalized children living in difficult conditions. In 2000, he started a project for aiding them. Welcome, Van, to the program. A pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, being invited to be a part of it. Obviously, you've had uh, an extensive career serving our country. We salute your efforts. We thank you for them. What do you believe to have been the greatest benefit to you personally? Well, I think that it gave me the ability to serve in countries around the world um, and really through that to be exposed to other cultures, other religions, and to other ways of life that fundamentally helped shape me as a diplomat and really helped me to grow both personally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And how did you come to be based in Moldavia? What did you find there? How, how, did, how did that impact you? Because that was a spot that we talked about. In the late 90s, I was assigned to Germany as the deputy surgeon for one of the largest uh, U.S. Army commands that were there. And in those days, we were active in programs uh, working with former Soviet countries. And one of those programs was NATO's Partnership for Peace program. So Moldova was a country of interest due to its strategic location between Romania and the Ukraine, right on the cusp of the Black Sea. And my project was to do health surveys for U.S. engineers who would build or improve the infrastructure to include, you know, roads, water wells, health clinics across the Republic of Moldova to sort of plant the flag, you know, win the hearts and minds of the people, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was on this 
project that I was first exposed to uh, one of the orphanage boarding schools where we were building a health clinic. And then the next year, I returned to Moldova in charge of my own health mission to provide hepatitis A and B immunizations um, to the underserved population, which was defined as the orphans of Moldova. So at that time, there were more than 11,000 children formally institutionalized in really 65 old Soviet-style orphanages, which were spread across the whole country. Um, the children lived in sometimes near squalor without hot or cold running water and with spotty electricity. They had an education. They had food and a place to sleep, but they had no creative outlets whatsoever. So it was at this point that I realized that even amount as, as little as the, you know, the $100 that I walk around with my in my wallet uh, could really go a long way to, to helping the children in Moldova. And so I kind of crystallized an idea, how can I help these children? Well, they say that things that happen in our life shape our character and, and who we become. So obviously, this has had an effect on you. Um, tell us about your journey to faith. How did you discover Orthodox Christianity? Well, it was really my trips to Moldova that did it. Moldova is an Orthodox country. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few Ukrainian Catholics there, a few Roman Catholics, and at the time I started working there, still a few Jewish children. Many of the Jews had immigrated to other countries when the Iron Curtain fell, but during the second mission, my, my country coordinator said, you know, I, I want to take you to the holiest site here in Moldova, the town of Orhevik or Old Orhe, where there's a monastery located high on a bluff overlooking a river, and mm -hmm. the monks there had built cells um, into the into the side of the mountain, and this is where the people would hide when the Ottoman Turks would cross Moldova mm -hmm. uh, as they were entering and, and leaving in Europe. And so up by this monastery, there is a cross that juts out on a little precipice that's about a thousand feet over. And he says, what you need to do is you need to transit this cross, walk around the cross three times, and look out over the valley, and you will get a vision of your future or you will get better understanding of your life and, and what to come where your prayers will be answered. Mm. And so I circled across three times and I stopped and I looked out over the valley and I heard a voice say, help my children. Mm. So I asked the elderly priest who was there what this meant. And so he looks at me and, you know, he scratches his beard and he says, well, did you hear it with your ears or did you hear it in your head? And I said, I heard it in my head. He said, there you go. The mother of God has spoken to you, and you must do this thing. Oh my. And that is how Project Moldova was born. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Okay. That's quite a story, man. That's quite a story. Wow. 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 Well, um, yeah. let's talk then about some of your recent projects. Uh, that you're well, well, actually, the rest of this story is that, you know, I kept going back and forth to Moldova once or twice a year. And fast forward 10 years now, and I was once again visiting the monastery uh, on one of those visits. The same same old priest was still there, and he remembered Ooh. me. Wow. And he said to me through my translator, you know, you should be Orthodox. Huh. So I smiled at him and said, you know, thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, a few days later, I was in another part of the country, and I stopped to visit another monastery because I, I like visiting monasteries and things. And a young priest came up and said something to my translator. And she sort of laughed, and she turned to me, and she said, you know, he says that you should be Orthodox. Oh, boy. And then finally, toward the end of my trip, we were back in Chisinau, and my translator and I were just walking down the main street, and we're passed by another priest. He stops, turns around, 
touches my translator and says something to her, and then he turns around and walks away. And she just freezes for a moment, and she she sort of has this nervous laugh. And I said, well, what did he say? And she said, he said, tell him he should be orthodox. Hmm. So one, two, three times, Mm -hmm. the Holy Trinity, I said, you know, once again, the Mother of God has spoken to me. And so before I left Moldova on that trip, I went to to the Blue Church, um, and became baptized um, Orthodox, and I chose the name Pantelemon for the oh, patron wow. saint of physicians. Sure, what a, what a tremendous saint. I remember visiting Mount Athos, and they brought out the arm of Saint Pantelemon, uh, who healed God knows how many people uh, through the mercy and grace of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's incredible. Oh um, my goodness. When, when was this experience? When, when, when did you convert to Orthodox? How long ago? So that was in 2010. Well, let me go a little deeper, and forgive me, but I'm going to go into your heart a little bit, and if you feel I'm prying, I can back away. Okay. Um, What do you feel is the the single most powerful insight you've had since that conversion experience? I've been deployed to a number of places, you know, in the military since that conversion where there were no Orthodox services available. And so I, I continued to attend Catholic Mass because um, I was Catholic. My, my wife and children are Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Catholic Church does allow for this under canon law. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in Afghanistan, the uh, U.S. Army priest on my base told me that I was both Catholic and Orthodox. And he said that the ancient rift between the East and the West had been healed within me. Mm. And I said, I, I, you know, to me, that is probably the most powerful spiritual statement that I could ever make or that could be made to me. And it was made by a priest. Mm -hmm. So I think that is really the standout thing. Okay. Well, uh, man, I have one more question and obviously we could talk to you for a long time, but (laughs) if you were to describe uh, Orthodox Christianity to someone who doesn't know anything about it, what do you think you would say to them? I say, I would say really in my personal opinion, it is, to me, a spiritually pure belief that links me directly back to the earliest form of Christianity. But it is not archaic. It is alive and vibrant today as it was when the first church was formed. Tremendous. Uh, thank you so much, General Norville Coots, for being with us today. <laughs> and we uh, salute you again, sir, for your service to the country. And pray that God will continue to bless you and your family with the wonderful things that you are doing. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. God bless. Bye-bye. And thank you for listening to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. If you'd like to listen to this particular conversation again or share it with a friend, you can do that very easily by clicking on the Listen button on the homepage of our website, myocn.net, and then select CRTL or Come Receive the Light. I'm Mike Trout. Our host is Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. And we'll be back again soon with another edition of Come Receive the Light. In the meantime, remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way, and I'm not afraid to follow. I see the world your way. I'm not ashamed to say so I see the Jesus way And I'm walking in the light